the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good Saturday afternoon to y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. This is Woods and Water, South Carolina. I'm Taylor Metz, and I'm here with my dad. Hello. Um, and we've been kind of having an iCast-themed show, so keeping going with that, here's my interview with Matt Florentino AFCO. Hey, I'm here at iCast 2021. We're sitting here at the AFCO booth. I'm here with Matt Florentino, and we have a new women's line coming out, don't we? We do. We do. I'm so excited. I've gotten to see a couple new pieces, and they are so comfortable and so practical and kind of cute. Not going to lie about that. <laughs> so, Matt, take a couple minutes and talk about the new pieces y'all have coming out. Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, I guess just to reel things back, our women's line was something we launched a few seasons ago. Once we did launch our women's line, we just wanted to get it right and do it right. And, you know, stuff, you guys are on the water, you guys are charging, just I see you all the time out there. <laughs> and we want stuff that looks good, keep you comfortable, keep you dry, and all the things you know AFCO for. So, at this show, we're really pumped and really proud. We won for the Women's Lifestyle Award in the New Product Showcase category for apparel. Yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. That was, and that was a unique piece. That was yeah. our women's field overall. Yeah. Um, I pretty much want to say it's the only women's overall for fishing that is out there. Uh, that's a fun one. But, you know, I would say with our shorts, with our sun protection gear, with our women's hydronaut, with our women's reaper, um, and a multitude of other things, we literally have everything you could possibly need for saying comfortable and dry on the water and you know ultimately we just want to make stuff that works um one other interesting thing and i I think i was chatting with you and a few of the other gals is that our product development team is largely female i want to say i think we're about 99 percent female in our product development team they're very passionate about getting that stuff right because it's stuff that they wear it's stuff that you know they work with our pro team on um and it's it's important to get that stuff right it's it's not easy on the women's side and um we've, we've put a lot of time and effort with our development, with fit testing, with R&D, with folks like Mo Newman or Christine Fisher or Taylor as well. You, you wear all of our gear. Um, and it's so valuable to just produce good functional products um, for, for, for the girls charging on the water. Right. And I feel like something that's so unique about this is that y'all take into account everything that we need. I mean, fit, the way, I mean, with the, with the Hydronaut suit, I got to try that on. And the fit is absolutely perfect. And it's, it's, movable. It's, yes. the, it's not restricting and everything. And you'll have some cool technology that goes into the, the hood and everything. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, yeah. And the Hydronaut suit, we just saw the need, ultimately. Um, there's not many options for, for female anglers in outerwear. Um, Hydronaut was a really good piece for us on the men's side. We won Best in Show for Cold Weather in 2018. Um, we got many requests from, from gals and uh, having good rain gear. And with that suit, we have it. Um, match that with our women's reaper, and you could pretty much fish any time throughout fall and winter, nice, dry, and comfortable. Keyword dry. Right, right. Um, you know, with that suit, has proven itself season over season that it just works. Right, right. I'm so excited about some of the new shorts coming out, too. I 
have a bad obsession with wearing shorts. Um, <laughs> and I I will order every single... Talk about the, the field shorts. Yes. That, those are ones that I'm really excited about. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you brought those up. The, the field utility short, it was it's a derivative of the field utility overall. It's the same ripstop fabric, really lightweight, has good stretch to it, DWR finish, utility pocket, you name it. It's it, it's going to be a good one. Um, that layers into the rest of the line, like our original fishing short, our micro bite, our ladyfish shorts. Um, I, I can't even think of all of them because we have so many now. <laughs> but right. um, but that one is going to be a really popular one come spring 22. That's so great. Are there any other pieces you're really excited about? I would say for me um, personally is a project we work on and we launched here at iCast. It's our women's rescue quarter zip. Right. Um, the rescue line. It's it's I, I kind of say it's like where sustainability meets functionality. So the rescue women's quarter zip, it's all made from Econel fabric. What that is, is Econel is regenerated nylon. Um, so we've taken things like fishing nets, uh, carpet scraps, fabric scraps. They take those, so keep them out of places they shouldn't be, whether it's in the ocean or in the landfill or what have you. They take that, break that down into fibers, and from there we get take that those fibers and spin them really into anything that, that we want to make. Um, so with that quarter zip, it's really sharp, really comfortable, has breathability throughout the whole shirt, UPF sun protection, really lightweight, and at the same time, you're kind of doing your part, you know, as stewards for what right. we do. So. Right. How did y'all get into the whole rescue program? Honestly, we looked in the mirror. Um, we've done a lot for conservation since 1973. Uh, you know, a lot of folks know us for what we do and giving back, 10% pledge. We give 10% of profits every year. But we kind of, not to say we didn't check the box with sustainability, but only we really didn't, you know. Um, we had a couple of recycled pieces in the line, but come ICAST 2021 with this launch, and also with our Fisheries First initiative, what we launched as well, we're taking all that seriously. So, you know, from internally within our offices and our processes, we've totally retooled what we're doing. Um, we've All of our hang tags now are recycled. We have new processes within the warehouse for making sure recycling things need to be recycled. And with our products, you know, so like with Rescue, we have that line there. With our Adapt shirt and a few other styles, we're integrating recycled and at, a, at a large capacity. So I'm very proud to say come spring 22, 30% of our entire line will be made from different recycled materials. And that's going from, you know, not say we're at zero, but we're maybe at like, you know, fraction of percent of our line was recycled. So in a short period of time, we'll be very aggressive with that sustainability push. And we're taking styles like, say, our samurai shirt that all, you know, most folks, that may be a first piece they pick up from us, still one of our number one selling performance shirts. That'll all, all be, be made now from recycled material. Um, and honestly, it still performs at the same level. Um, you know us, we make sure we get things right. These are all lab tested, has the same UPF sun protection factors, all the other things you know from us with moisture wicking, what have you. So that'll be something you guys will see from us. Um, going forward, um, we're scaling it further. We just did our first in-house beach cleanup locally. We're trying to scale cleanups in uh, different regions that we sell, sell in or inactive in um, and still continuing to do what we do, have done with conservation. So all that tied together, really just trying to do the best what we can for, you know, ensure there's a fishery for tomorrow. And that's something I love about y'all's company. You know, y'all aren't an everyday company. You are much more than clothing. Your heart and soul listening to Bill Shedd, who's the owner, talk about how Y'all went from fishing tackle and everything to clothing. Now that's yeah. the main part of y'all's business. Listening to them talk about that story, you hear so much heart and soul about this business and how 
family oriented it is and the the atmosphere around this company. I mean, for me personally, I'm very blessed to work for the Shed family, work at AFCO. I'm going on close to nine years now. Oh, wow. I feel part of the family myself. Um, and that's really, you, you said family oriented. Um, we're a mom and pop operation at the end of the day. Right, Most folks right. don't know that or realize that just because of how recognized our name is. Um, you can see our products on any boat in the world if you see a Goldie Hapson AFCO. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, we're a family owned and operated company. Um, I, I, I'm very, very fortunate to go into the office you know, every day, work with the folks I do. We all share the same common goal. We all just want to make really good products that work and give back where we can. So whether that's through, you know, like I mentioned, the 10% Pledge, the Fisheries First Initiative, working with different conservation groups throughout, you know, both saltwater and freshwater now. We have our live release boat, our bank bed program. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I kind of, I kind of sometimes get to stop and think, you know, exactly what we're doing. And, um, you know, just really trying to make a positive impact, no matter what we're doing. But it's our gear with its... You know, with us, with our customers, or with its, with our initiatives. Um, just trying to do, try to really be good people right, <laughs> at the right. end of the day. And y'all are doing a great job at that. So yeah, if you haven't ever heard of Asco, look them up. Buy some of their clothes. You are, you are helping the environment by buying their clothes. Um, check them out. Thank you so much, Matt, for taking some time to talk to me. Thank and you, Taylor. I'm so excited to see where this woman's line goes. I know this is gonna grow and grow, and I can't wait to see where it goes. 100 percent. Thank you so much. Already too. It's your interview. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot to bring the thought we turned our mics off while we were it's a little bit of a engineering issue here. Operator error. Operator error. <laughs> anyway, good at good interview. In fact I've got Bill Shed from Athco coming up next segment, so y'all hang them out. We'll be back with more Woods and Water, South Carolina. Listening to your your interview with Matt Florentino, it touches on a lot of things that uh, that my interview with Bill Shedd, the chairman of the board with AFCO. We didn't listen to these two seconds before this. We just knew we had interviews that I can. Oh, so, oh. <laughs> so here here's my interview with uh, with Bill Shedd, the chairman of the board at AFCO, and AFCO being one of the companies that that we deal with and work with, and and really enjoy that relationship. So welcome back. It's uh, it's another little edition of iCast Live. I'm live. You'll hear this later on, but you know, right now you can hear the noise in the background and everything. And this has been so much fun this year, being here after a year off. Uh, you're going to get a special treat for the next few minutes. I'm sitting with Mr. Bill Shedd, who is uh, the son of the founder. He is currently the chairman of the board. His son Casey's president. They have been so good to Taylor and I over the past few years. Uh, we love their products, and we wear them every chance we get. You just can't get enough of them, and y'all need to buy some of them. But, uh, Mr. Shedd, you know, I, I can remember back as far as like 2017, I believe, was the first year I really, really noticed because you had a display, and then you wrote like seven checks. And you had those, those big award checks, and they were written to seven different conservation organizations, own all of your catalogs and all. It's a 10% back for conservation. 
which is something you always know. I, I read the story of your dad. You gave me the book, and I know the, the complete history of it all. But take, I don't know, eight, ten minutes and talk about how AFCO as a retail company selling clothes has always been conservation-based and minded. Well, it's pretty pretty basic, pretty easy. It comes from my father. We're a family business, and um, uh, our history as a family, you know, goes long ways back into uh, into the ocean. My, my father was the co-founder of SeaWorld, the Oceanarium, and um, built the first park in, uh, in 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 San Diego, and then one in Aurora, uh, Ohio, and then one that a lot of people know about is in Orlando, Florida. But um, he told me even as a kid, he says, you know, Billy, your mom, mom and I took creatures from the ocean that belonged to everybody, but they really belonged to nobody. And we built a business around that, and we made money at it. So what that means is our, your mom and I have a responsibility to look for ways to find ways to do good things for the ocean. And he, he said, you know, you're going to benefit from that in your lifetime as well, so you have that same responsibility. So be thinking about what you can do in your lifetime to help conserve and protect the marine environment around you, and then um, when we got involved with AFCO in 19, um, 1973, when mom and dad mom and dad bought AFCO, AFCO was actually started in 1958. Uh, it was the same sort of thing. Now, 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 our family is going to be making its living, or part of its living, in the fishing tackle industry. So, you've got a role to figure out how can you give back to that industry. So, it's just part of the DNA of our family. Okay. Comes from being a- anglers and just having a passion for the ocean and for fishing, and now for freshwater fishing with the, with our bass involvement. And so, it's um, it's nothing that gets forced. Um, it's just uh, it's it's who we are. We just have always taken. Um, it's been more than 10% of our product, profits and put that back into conservation issues. Um, now, it's easy in saltwater to, to uh, be, be, and we're known as, 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 as a leader in the saltwater sure. world uh, in, in marine conservation because there's, there's, there's lots of uh, uh, national organizations to support. You mentioned me earlier, and it's, it's easy to write checks to, to organizations because there's a lot of good ones out there. Sure. Um, the, and there's, 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 there's activities like uh, involved with banning gill nets, which we ultimately use some of that material for making clothing down, down the road. Here. So that's kind of come full circle. Yeah. But um, uh, uh, and, and, and banning gear types that are destructive or the other side of it, increasing habitat, supporting uh, uh, reef development, artificial reef development, supporting fish hatcheries. Uh, both saltwater and freshwater. There's, uh, but saltwater, it's been, it's been, it's been easier um, to find activities to be involved with. Now, this has been uh, three and a half years ago. We got involved in um, in, in the in the bass world, mm-hmm. and our model is to we're we're a brand, we're a manufacturer, uh, but how do we tie, you know, giving back to the community in a conservation way? Much more difficult in freshwater because. <laughs> The freshwater world is so scattered out. Right. Unlike salt saltwater, where you can have something that's important to the whole country, you know, a focus for the whole country, a single issue, or at least the whole state. In freshwater, it isn't even focused to the state level or even the city level. It's focused down to the lake level. That's right. Yes, yeah, sir. So it's 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 tougher to find, but you can find them. And we found, you know, lots of things that we could do to support conservation in uh, in freshwater fishing. We the the the, the garbage bags. The, that y'all will pass out at bass tournaments, stuff like that, for people to pick up trash on the edge of the lake. Perfect example. That's it. That's simple. You're gonna, yes. Now you can have anglers on a lake, and um, you want to pick up trash, but you also want to educate them on a, on a real conservation issue with uh, 
freshwater fishermen. Sure. We, we, we lose our soft plastics. And back in the day, people don't do it anymore, but uh, at least responsible people don't do it. They take a soft plastic and throw it into the lake when they're, you know, when they've chewed it up. And that, what happens there, that sits there forever. The guy that owns the, the, the property on the lake sees that, and it's trash in his front yard. Sure. He doesn't like that, and he gets excited about, I don't want you fishing on my lake. So it's, 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 it's not, not good for us as a community. It's not good for us as a, uh, is it for the resource. So we got we got to stop that. How do you and, and that's kind of the key to all this conservation stuff. How, how do you stop it? You stop it by educating people. So you mentioned the bank bags. So we go to tournaments. And a lot of other guys will write checks to sponsor that tournament. We'll um, we'll provide them a a, a, a a big bag. It's called a bank bag. And um, the folks fishing the tournament, they take the soft plastic, they throw it in that bag. They if they find any other trash, not just the trash on their boat. If they see stuff floating on the lake, they pick it up. They go around the lake. And if they fill up those bags, they get a, uh, a discount card to uh, purchase clothing at AFCO. So they've got an incentive to do it. But uh, really what we're after there is just to educate people on why you shouldn't throw your soft plastics back into the back sure. in the lake. Or you can, you know, we're going to sp- sponsor a tournament. Uh, sometimes we write checks uh, as part of our 10% pledge. But another thing we can do is we built, uh, in partnership with Yamaha, we built um, uh, the Bass Bus. So we take that uh, 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 that 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 boat that's built just to carry fish, rather than at the end of the tournament, rather than let them go at the marina, where now they're concentrated and the kids can go back down there and catch them, uh, um, and we get them out into open water, and and release them, and release them healthy back into uh, now you know the, the major tournaments and in, in, in the elite series and, and, and those guys, I mean they they've been doing this for years, they've, right. they've got that all figured out, but there's hundreds, many hundreds of smaller tournaments around the country that don't have the ability to have their sure. bass bus. So have a, have a, uh, a, a barge, in essence, a pontoon boat that's built just uh, for that release purpose. Boat. It's yeah. a release boat. Mm-hmm. So we, we then provide that to the tournament. Now the tournament loves it because that's a conservation uh, effort for them to be involved with, and uh, we can just plug them right into it. And for them, in that instance, that's more valuable than money. And uh, so there's, there's lots of ways to skin a cat. Sometimes it's with dollar bills, and sometimes it's with just being a little creative. That's exactly right. You know, you mentioned fish hatchers, and I know your dad started one in California, which is probably the first thing he really did in this give back. Talk a minute, just for a minute about the fish hatchers. Well, this, yeah, it's, uh, he did a lot of things. This was this is, this is certainly one of them that was, that was important, but he... Um, uh, fished all his life in Southern California. I know lots of guys that love to fish, and uh, I never knew anybody that loved to fish like my dad. And uh, he used to catch a lot of white sea bass as a young, younger angler. Which in Southern California, that's our our main prized, biggest inshore fish that we could catch. And the gill nets really knocked them down to uh, didn't make them extinct, but uh, made them very hard to catch and very few, few, few uh, knocked the resource way down. So to help bring that. Uh, fishery back, uh, uh, Dad had started the Hub SeaWorld Research Institute, uh, uh, um, uh, the, the research arm and, and marine conservation arm of SeaWorld back even a year before he and his partner found, founded SeaWorld. Um, so he, one of the things that he asked uh, Hubs to do early on, the, the institute to do early on, was to, let's figure out how to how to raise white sea bass in captivity. He provided the, the money to get that started and um, started raising uh, white sea bass. Um, in a program that now has uh, anglers are greatly involved in it. So what we do is we take little white sea bass about four inches long, um, uh, give them to fishing clubs in Southern California, 
saltwater fishing clubs. They build a receiver and raise them up until they're about you know eight or ten inches long, so that uh, there's not many fish in our bays that can eat them. Release them back into the wild to uh, uh, help Mother Nature bring back uh, an inshore species that uh, is real important to uh, anglers in, 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 in Southern California. And those guys in those clubs can go back and catch those sea bass. Absolutely. And at the same time, they're raising another generation back at the little holding facility. Yeah, absolutely. And they're and they're and they're and they're feeling like and, and all those guys they. I mean, everybody that fishes, they want to do something for the resource. Sure. We, we all, we all, it's all pr pretty obvious to the angler that uh, mankind, people are impacting the resource around us. Uh, you know, it took until 1850 to get the first billion people on this earth. Now we're approaching eight billion, and uh, that's not very many years from all the history of mankind. Right. To, and so that has an impact on nature. Well, the people that are out in nature, anglers, people using it. You know, we see that impact. So we want to do, we want to do something for the resource. We want to help. But you know, what does a guy do? Uh, what's a saltwater fisherman going to do to help the, help the resource? Well, this hatchery has been a great uh, avenue for for anglers to take their volunteer time. You know, it's more than 5,000 hours a year at these various stations of anglers volunteering to help feed, take care of, uh, raise these white sea bass, and get them turned out into the wild. And they're they're doing it because they care about the resource. And they're doing it selfishly because they'd like the opportunity to catch fish. Sure. But the real reason they're doing it is they want their kids and grandkids to have a shot at it. Yeah. I just I, I got about a minute left in the segment here. You as a, a son, a dad, and all, it's so much easier. And I'm a dad. I have first grandson. It's and, so much and, and, I met, and, I, and I met your daughter. Oh, no. what, a, what, a, what, a, what a sweetheart. Loves to fish. Yes, she does. And, she uh, is all in it now. Yeah. yeah um, and thank you for that. I appreciate it. Hum, as a parent, that's very humbling. Very humbling to have someone say that about your kid. But quickly, it's so much easier to teach by example than by dictate. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And, and, Absolutely. And so parents, when you're listening to this stuff and, you're, and we're talking about the bank bags, and, and giving back and all. If your kids see you doing it and your involvement and your excitement of it, it is so much easier to get them to follow along in your footsteps than if you don't do that but try to just teach them that's what they should be doing. Well, absolutely. That's, uh, you know, I, 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 had, I had a dad that uh, uh, had a real bent for uh, uh, looking after the, the, the nature around him. And yeah. it just, he just did it. He lived it out and uh, makes it easy and natural for me to want to do the same. Grain in your purse. It's part, part of who we are. Absolutely. Well, great company, great story. Folks, if you if you want some good stuff, and I can vouch for it, I, they don't pay me to say this at all. It's good stuff, AFCO. And, uh, Mr. Shed, we appreciate what you're doing in the industry and, and for giving back and, and being the example for other companies to follow. Thank you. Appreciate the chance Abs to talk here. Absolutely. this one. Well, this is I just... Thought I, I thought I've heard all of your songs. You haven't. This is a good one. You ought to listen to the whole song. You'd like it. Sure. You would. Sure. Uh, you know, as busy as we were at ICAST, you still couldn't get everything done, which is, you never get everything done. No, you don't. 
<laughs> and I, I wonder, part of that maybe is the reason we keep going back. <laughs> this faith, hope, <laughs> one true. day I'm going to go in. I know what. Next year we just plan to do one thing, and we get that thing done. We can say we did ICAST. We got all our stuff done. Okay, but like every year we go in with a daggum schedule, and we never. In the first <laughs> three minutes this year, it was shot. Uh, but anyway, one of the guys that we didn't catch up to that I had on my list of things to do was Andy Montgomery and. You know, actually, Andy, you were just kind of in one place this year, and I knew where you were, and I kept going back, and you were busy, and then you were gone, and then then you were home, and uh, we didn't get it, so we decided to do it on the phone, but I appreciate you taking a few minutes and uh, being on the show today. Yeah, yeah, it was good to join you. I guess was, uh, for some reason, it seemed like it flew by this year, for me anyway. Um, I know in the past, sometimes them days get long, but whew, this year was came and gone quick. You know, and I, I wonder if it was kind of laid back, it, you know, being that you couldn't have any of the internationals here from Europe or, or Japan and all. It was less crowded. I think most of the same people were there that would have been there ordinarily. Uh, but you guys, I mean, y'all didn't have to every 30, 45 minutes be somewhere different, and that must have been pretty fun. Yeah, and it, and I'm a little bit different because, you know, I'm, I'm so That's heavily it. invested in losing Strike King. Um and I don't have to run to a whole lot of different booths. So, um, I mean, we're losing striking. They make pretty much everything. And, and, you know, I pretty much represent them in every category possible. So, um, makes it a little easier when I don't have to yeah. run around that show booth to booth. One of the first, speaking of getting our schedules off, Randy Howell was, uh, uh it was somewhere in maybe Livingston booth or something. And he waved us over. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Robin, this is he said this is the first year Robin hasn't been here to kind of twenty five years, yeah, or something like that to uh, (laughs) to to do my schedule and stuff like that. And he he said, but she's calling me and texting me all the time, telling me where I'm supposed to go next. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Randy's been traveling this year on the road by himself, and and we've been giving him a hard time. He's (laughs) ate with me and Otto several times. He actually stayed with us one time because he got in a pretty bad situation to where he was actually. Sharing a, a house with people he didn't know on oh VRBO. Yeah, yeah, it was one one mutual bathroom and all. It was crazy. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we let, he came and stayed with me and all at uh, Harris Chain in Florida, and we gave him a hard time about Robin not being there. Yeah, I think uh, one of his boys is really good in basketball, yes. playing a lot of AAU yep. basketball. Oakley. Yep, and she's Oakley. Yep. she she's got to stay home and uh, and and. Hang out with Oakley. It's yeah. funny though, like every time I would see him, like you know, I would basically just see him running down each yes. aisle. Like I was like, yes. oh, there's that's Randy. Oh, bye, Randy. <laughs> Hi, Randy. <laughs> uh, Randy felt found out real fast that them kids are more important than him. Yes, <laughs> yes. Of course, Oakley's duties call before Randy's duties call. Yep. But but Laker Laker is is there doing his own thing in ICAST now. He was. I, I got to talk to him. Um, Real, just a super kid. Yep. Um, even from a long time ago, and um, he's got a he's got a bright future in this sport. There's no doubt about that. Him, mm-hmm. there's several of them, but but he's got a bright future. Absolutely. Well, uh, Strike King lose got some stuff coming out. The the Andy Montgomery, I guess you call either you got your signature on it, or you got your fingerprints on it. One of the two. <laughs> uh, and and it's it's been fun, kind of being on the inside. Watching you, I mean, I, one time I remember seeing you, and you had, I don't know, 15 or 20 different rubber frogs. They were all cut apart and glued together with different <laughs> legs and all. And 
and and that's the engineer in you. A lot of people don't know that you got an engineering degree from Clemson. But so when you do the signature stuff, it's not you just putting your name on it. You you are doing the work to get it to where it needs to be before it goes to production. Yeah, that was a long process, and we're talking about the strike key skipping buzz bait. There you uh, go. It, it got released. It's, it's they're producing as fast as they can right now. Hadn't hit the stores yet. Um, but you're right. You're right. I, I put a lot of frogs together, and the crazy thing is when you're doing that process, you know, you, you kind of get surprised yourself. Like like the frog that actually comes in the package with the skipping buzz bait skips better than the the other frogs we traditionally had thrown which is you know the horny toad it's no yeah, secret sure uh, we threw a horny toad a lot and uh i don't know if it's because of the bigger legs on it or what it was but it just you know when i put that frog on there and and was at the lake playing around i, I was pretty impressed with how well it skipped and then it, you know it, it just these baits evolve over time we, sure. we've really been trying this for a long time and and we never could get past the traditional buzz bait and how to make this thing hold together, you know, when skipping. Because I can skip a buzz bait with my, my biggest pet peeve, my biggest problem was how much time I had to spend keeping it together, keeping it, you know, the wire like it should be, especially after you catch a fish or you hit something under a dock or whatever. Um, and I was actually practicing at Athens in Texas on our off day. Yeah. You know, it was at the Lake Fork event. And uh, uh, I looked down and and, and – and I was playing with the buzz bait. We tried a different twist on the R band. And okay. We tried so much stuff. But anyway, I looked down, seen a piece of wire, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is going to work. And uh, so I rigged one up in the boat and went to fishing, and that's when I called Charles at Strike King and said, said I got it. And, uh, <laughs> um, and then it was, a, it was a process even after that. There's so much goes into that at, at at these bigger companies that mass produce baits, right? Um, it's just a whole different level of challenges. I'll just say that challenges. Well, you have you've you have nipped around the corners of this skipping buzz bait, and a lot of people are going, "You can skip a buzz bait, folks." Let me tell you, Andy <laughs> Montgomery can skip a brick. <laughs> uh, it, that's just fact. Uh, yeah. But you, you tell us what is the skipping buzz bait? Yeah, so the skipping buzz bait is, is, for lack of better terms, a buzz bait that skips. And, and you know, the way we got this thing put together with a wire connecting uh, the two two wires together where, where it normally would split, um, just kind of holds everything together. Um, there's a couple more little things. You, you need a compact buzz bait where you kind of hide the blade underneath the soft plastic. You have to use soft plastic. You right. can't skip just a regular skirt. Okay. Um, and it's something about the 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 way this wire holds this frame together it just really really makes it work. I mean, it just does. Um, you know, the the angle that the the main wire comes out of the head is important. Okay. Um, this is a lot of stuff that I've learned over the years, and like I said, when I was in the process of making this buzz bait, you know, some of my theories proved to be incorrect. And, uh, but anyway, we came up with this and I, I really, be honest with you, I hadn't pushed it out on social media and stuff like that real hard yet just because we don't have them in stock sure. ready to sell yet. Sure. We just got at ICAST, uh, they was, I think 50,000 wires showed up, um, at the manufacturing plant to, to start putting them together. So, um, 
I'm excited about it. Uh, I just know how well it works. I mean, it just, it just flat works. It flat catches them. It, it's all about putting a lure places that, that maybe the fish hadn't seen that type of lure. Yeah, and a buzzbait 10 feet back up under a dock. React. Yeah, a buzzbait 10 feet under a dock is just something they ain't never seen before. Well, yeah, it, you might even consider this one 20 foot under a dock. <laughs> I'm going to start out conservative, Andy, 10 feet from me, uh, yeah. if I can get it that far. Um, other things you got out, coming out. Got about, I don't know, a minute and a half, two minutes? Oh, wow. We always, these days, we yeah. never have enough time. No, no, <laughs> we don't. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, the, so we released the skipping rod, which I've worked on that for a while, too. Um, the Lou Signature Series, series. Right. Um, you know, it's me, Kevin, Greg Hackney, um, Mark Rose. I'm missing somebody. Zona. Yeah. So, so we all did our specialty. Of course, mine skipping. Right. And also another deal, because I've had skipping rods that, out in the past. These are really, really similar action wise. Okay. Um, just bad dudes. And if you pair them with the loose skipping reel, which good luck getting one, but they are more coming. <laughs> the loose skipping reel is, is something I'm very proud of too. And got a lot of comments that I guess on how that's really helped people get better at skipping or even learn to skip. So uh, the feedback on that was tremendous. What did I mean? Oh, the Thunder Cricket Rod. Okay. Is, is also in the signature series. Mine's a little bit different than a lot of the, the rods out on the market. Um, I've got a little more backbone to it. Okay. We've got a lot of tip to it. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm a target oriented fisherman most of the time. So I built this for that application, even though you can still get off the bank with grass. A thunder cricket or bladed jig has a bigger hook in it. Right. Well, similar to a jig hook. So right. I want that backbone to be able to get that, you know, get that hook through that fish. So. Oh, pretty excited about the Thunder Cricket Rod. I've had skipping rods in the past. I knew how to build them. Right. And, and you know, they're perfect. But the Thunder Cricket Rod was the one that was kind of, you know, I, I played with a little bit. So pretty excited about it. And, man, just good times. I got so much skipping-oriented <laughs> stuff out there. It's hard for me to keep it all straight. I know it. And, and folks, I have one of those aforementioned skipping reels. And, yeah. I, and I can promise you. The two years it took me to learn how to skip, I could have probably done it in 15 or 20 minutes if I had your stuff before, Andy. Yeah, it's really good. That skipping reel is is it's simple, but it's so impressive. Yeah. Well, thanks for a few minutes of your time, Andy. Next time we're going to make it longer because we didn't even get to talk about the up north stuff. But thanks. I appreciate it, man. Awesome. Thank yep. you all. All right. Good show. Very good show. Um, had a great time at ICAST. So mm-hmm. good to see everybody again. That, I miss being around. Yes, you did. So you much. were you were a different person after Wednesday at ICAST than you were Wednesday morning before we got <laughs> before we got there. Of course, Clifford started started working in Tuesday night with sushi. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I I did. I branched out. See, there's there's oh an ongoing problem. Gracious, Taylor. What I call sushi is not what. A lot of people in the industry call sushi. Um, it's a tradition. Industry. Yes, like in life. Clifford and well, oh no 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 you can't life. say that. Yes, I no, can. Y'all too. are sushi snobs. No, we're not. Anyway, so it, it's a, it's a tradition that when time when we go to like bash tournaments stuff like that, we always try to get a group together to go to sushi. 
Not always works, but, you know, sometimes it does. Um, and so this time we went with Clifford Weedman. Um, Group was short this week because everybody, yeah. a lot of people didn't get in Tuesday yep. night. Um, a lot of the normal thugs and all that we hang out with. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll make sure to tell them you, you said tell that. tell everybody I said that. Um, but my big thing is I am a scaredy cat when it comes to raw stuff. Um, not so much because it's raw, just because I'm scared of the taste. But, so I always get, like, a shrimp tempura roll, which if you don't know what tempura means, it means it's fried. And that's what I always get. That's what I call sushi. I also don't like soy sauce, so I dip it in white sauce or shrimp sauce, whatever you want to call it. But this time, I branched out, and I got an Alaskan roll, which is salmon and avocado and cucumber. And I didn't have white sauce, so I had spicy mayonnaise. Yeah, that yeah. was a little yeah. spicy. It was spicy. But speaking, <laughs> their of spicy, spicy mayonnaise down there was a lot spicier than some of the but, others I've had. But I don't think it was as spicy as the six straight shots of um, holy uh, smoke wasabi that Clifford, Clifford took right in front. Just like one I little thought, ball at a time. I thought I was going to be sick for him. <laughs> of course, Clifford's from Texas. But they it, handle it, heat a lot different down there than we do. Hit him on the way home, and he was like, "I need milk." <laughs> and we went, and we went into the gas station, and he went and bought himself a big thing of chocolate milk. milk. <laughs> uh-huh. Bar- little case of buyer's remorse there. Yep. Uh-huh. But yeah, so it was it was definitely a great week. I um I was happy to see some people from Shimano and Aftco, and I kind of I kind of went off on my own there for a little bit, didn't I? Uh- for a little bit. Well, the rest of the week. <laughs> Here's how it went, folks. We had a we had a, a Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership. If you're not a member of that or donate, I don't know if they actually give memberships. It's you donate and then you sign up for an email list, and they keep you posted on things that are going on. But TRCP, every year at ICAST, since I've been going, since 2015, uh, has done um, luncheons on Wednesday and Thursday. And it's always... There's always something I can I can get into. This year was 30 by 30 on Wednesday, and then something about Gulf Menhaden stocks on Thursday. So I wasn't too interested in the Gulf Menhaden stocks, but the 30 by 30 was interesting. It was a very good discussion. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, oh a representative from the from NOAA that was in the Biden administration was there. You know, if you you've got that stuff in your um, you've got your stuff. You've got that stuff in your backpack. I haven't gotten back from I, you yet. Yeah, sorry. It's in my backpack. Anyway, it, it just kind of synopsis. We had a, a NOAA representative from Biden administration, assistant director or something. So that it's not just their local people. It's national people. We had the national um, attorney for ASA. Mm-hmm. We had uh, one of the TRCP guys was there. And there was a fourth one. I can't remember where he was from. I wish I had that thing in front of me, but a really good discussion from all angles. It cleared up a lot of confusion between 30 by 30 and stuff like that because, you know, some people are like, oh, conservation of the 30% they're talking about, but what you really don't see is how it's completely closed off. In like, California? Yeah. Yes, what they're trying to do in California is not conservation. It's, no, it's, it's just, just a, it's like preservation, but not the right yeah. way. Preservation without use. I mean, right. it's off limits. Um, and that's that's a lot of it is in that is done with um, you know with with oceans too. Mm-hmm. You know you get MMAs where you can't fish bottom fish and you can't troll for pelagics over top of that. Even though the the protection is for the bottom structure, you can't go troll 
uh, rig ballyhoo at five feet on the surface over those areas mm-hmm. because it's the whole water column's protected, not just what needs to be protected on the bottom, right. which is spawning grounds or whatever like that. So there's a very lively discussion in there on the definition of conservation. Mm-hmm. Yep. What is conservation? When is something conserved? And when is something move beyond being need to conserve. In other words, it's, you know, when do you have a, a like red snapper? You know, mm-hmm. they've been they've been in a conservation because three day seasons. Well at some point you they either are gone and you don't need to conserve them anymore, or they've rebounded and you can, you know, open those up again for normal fishing or whatever. So it's that's the big definition. The second sticking point with thirty by thirty, in fact if you haven't read about it, heard about it it probably do you some good just to just to be up on what the issue is. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, it should be a state level initiative. Right. The Biden administration has got this federal level initiative, thirty by thirty by thirty. Um, but each state knows what needs to be conserved, and a lot of states have the funding mechanisms for this conservation. We have the inf- the, the conservation bank here in South Carolina with all its problems. It is a mechanism to fund conservation in South Carolina. So, and we know what needs to be done in South Carolina. The federal government doesn't know what needs to be done, but we do. In South Carolina, Department of Natural Resources, uh, in conjunction with whoever, can 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 come up with those issues. In a lot of states, I, I'm trying to think if it was South Carolina to use, for example, or if this is something I read somewhere else, but like 23% of the land in South Carolina is already, quote-unquote, conserved. So... Does that count towards the 30, or is the 30 on the federal side, and now we're going to wind up with 53% of the land in South Carolina conserved with 30% of it off limits? That's the big sticking point. We Look, I'll be the first to tell you I am all for conservation. My whole life has been, since I was a little kid, you know, conservation. You take care of the resource. You take care of the environment. You don't do dumb things to pollute it. You don't do... Um, you know, we I was never allowed to shoot a covey of quail down below by 15 birds. Mm-hmm. And, and if you shot a covey and it had 20-something birds and you were having a good day, you never went and shot singles. You did the covey rise, moved on. Fishing was a little bit different because of a pond situation with brim. You know, my, a lot of pond managers tell you never throw a brim back. You know, if you have a mixed, you know, brim, bass, whatever, uh, never throw a brim back. I have a hard time throwing a brim up on the bank, letting him flop. So I return a lot of brim to the water. But I keep a lot because it you got to keep them in, in balance. That's what hunting and fishing regulations and season are meant to do, is to give access, let you go and take of the natural resources at the same time, conserving them for n- tomorrow, next week, next year, and in the next generation. So it was it was a very good one. Um nice. Very, very good one. A lot of, and, and, and with SCBFA here in South Carolina, when it was introduced, we looked at the bill. It was the, it was the version from California. We decided that it wasn't a good thing for South Carolina. We worked in the state house. And, and now, and now we're constructing our own bill. We're going to introduce our own 30 by 30 in South Carolina with what we've already conserved in mind with a good definition of conservation and what it means. And um, and it will be in the limelight of hunting and fish, fishing for the public is good and a necessary 
tenet of 30 by 30 in conservation. The, the, the role of hunters and fishermen has to be taken into account. The public access has to be there, even in a conservation situation. So interesting stuff. But yeah, good week. Um, no, but anyway, so we had that lunch on Wednesday. And shortly thereafter, I got a phone call that Taylor was needed at the AFCO booth. <laughs> so off she went. About two hours later, I was walking down an aisle, and Casey Ashley and Kenzie were standing up alongside doing something. And uh, he grabbed me. I, I didn't see him. He kind of grabbed me by the arm, and he's like, hey, man. I said, hey, Casey, how you doing? He goes, hey, I saw Taylor earlier. I said, wow. I said, I hadn't seen her in a couple of hours. And in his best Donald <laughs> South Carolina English said, she don't need you no more. And that was the that was the thing that got repeated during the week. She don't need you no more. So uh, I guess now I'm a taxi service to get Taylor around. Well, actually, I'm not even not, a taxi service because no, she's got to drive somewhere. Now. So you know. So I, when the classic in, comes to Hartwell next year, I will just drive there whenever I want. To. Oh my goodness! You'll see me pulling up my GMC, and yep. I've got my Shimano and Afco stickers. You'll know yep. it's me. Yep. So anyway, but a great week. Good to see everybody. There. Uh, you know, it's uh, the outdoors is never closed, folks. No, it's not. No matter what happens, the outdoors is never closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we, real we quick. We have run out of time. We got some stuff to get to quickly, Taylor. Uh, okay, so the weekend on the water is August 20th through the 22nd. Um, join the women of Artemis, South Carolina for three days of fishing, kayaking, and enjoying Lake Murray. Um, all experience levels welcome. Space is limited. So if you want to get in, contact BB Harrison at anglingwomen uh, at gmail.com. Keep going. Oh, you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Okay, National S'mores, S'mores Day is August 10th. We honor the most commonly packed camping snack by celebrating S'mores Day on August 10th. Summertime is finally here. Um, camping, gathering around the fire pit, and the ground outdoors is a great way to get outside this summer. Um that actually has like six more pages to it. Because it has recipes. Out. Yeah, it has recipes. When is National <laughs> Sports Days? The tenth. Okay, so next Saturday we'll have we'll have the rest of that one. Okay. All right. So the last one you got. Um, and then open bass tournament on Lake Jocassee is August seventh at Devil's Fork, sponsored by Moonville Bass Club. Five a.m. to twelve p.m. Um, all center tournament rules apply. Fifty dollar entry fee includes big bass. Ten dollar optional slot fish pot. Um, payback one in seven boats. Contact Annie Hunter at eight six four six seventeen. Six nine twenty or Dad Willis at eight six four five zero five thirteen seven seventy two. And nobody Gosh. remember those phone numbers. No, they but won't, anyway, but. just look for an open bass <laughs> turning on Lake Jocassee. Yeah. Uh Pretty cool. The um, the women's shooting clinic that Angley women did with Artemis is full. So sorry, ladies, we'll have to get some more of those things. Uh, campfire day and night is celebrated the first Saturday in August, which is next Saturday. August 7th, the first Saturday in August is forever proclaimed to be campfire day and night. Why day and night, you ask? It's simply because a campfire can and should be a choice any time, day or night. So if you're not out there, uh, and they've got some more things, how to enhance the experience and sing campfire songs. Oh, wow. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Next week it uh, probably shifts over to a lot of deer hunting stuff. So Thank y'all you. hang in. we got some more stuff. Anyway. Make time to get out there. Take it backwards when you can. Don't forget the camera. See you back next week. Yes, I'm gone to Carolina.